And away we go. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. As always, we're, we're a week away from the start of baseball season. It is Holy Grail season. And Holy Grail yesterday, no surprise here, was named the number one bar in the greater Cincinnati area by City Beat. They joined one of our other proud sponsors, Galactic Fried Chicken, who was the number two chicken and number two chicken sandwich, uh, as well as the number three gluten-free menu in the city of Cincinnati. We only do it big here. Only great things with our sponsors here at BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's David Simone. Hi, Dave. How you doing, buddy? Hi. Did, did we win anything? Uh, no. Why not? I don't ever really try to get us nominated for anything. <laughs> I just, I'm kind of a let the work speak for itself guy, right? <laughs> I, I, I know. Maybe some of our fans would nominate us. I don't know. That's on them next year. If you want to see us nominated, nominate us. I, I'm not into the, you know, the self-aggrandization or aggrandization or whatever, however the the stupid word is i'm just i'm just here to talk on the microphone and be pretty well we can do one of those things <laughs> let's uh let's get into it today spring practice rolls on on the football side uh the transfer portal picking up steam on the basketball side i'll get into why this is what i i, I told you would would kind of be how this plays out last week and we're starting to see it over the past couple days which is uh which is getting interesting on the transfer portal so uh we'll get to that i figured we'll we'll take a look back to uh discuss recruiting rankings take a look go back in the in the 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 port the the time hop i don't want to say portal too much it gets people excited these days We'll, we'll time hop a little bit over the past five years maybe even longer we can we can go back farther than that but Looking at uh, recruiting classes and what recruiting classes hit at the top, what recruiting classes hit towards the middle, or even some of the names that we will see called in what? We're three we weeks away now, Dave? About exact, three and a half weeks away? Ex- nope, exactly four weeks from five minutes ago. Okay. Dave's favorite day of the year or weekend of mm, the year. It's, it's up there. It's up there. I I liked it much better when it was Saturday One, Sunday. Yeah. Um. But but still good. It's rough getting blackout drunk on a Thursday night. It 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 does make Fridays a little a little tougher. It's gonna be. <laughs> I'm surprised be, that's not a that's not a Dave holiday. Like I I take that day off every year. It's gonna be a little interesting to see how I you know feel Friday staying up until. You know, the full first, which I always do anyway, but uh, now you have to. But usually, you you know, you pick uh, at a different part in the draft. You see the pick and then you have time to read all the reaction from the local people. And and now, like, you have to stay up till the very end. And then all the reaction is going to be coming out, you know, hour, hour plus after that. So, right. It could make for a night. It'll be interesting. You were on the 
Pardon the Punctuation podcast on Tuesday. I was. That talking, was a lot of fun. Talking Bengals and draft. That's uh, that's probably more up your alley than this. Like, this has become work now, right? That's still – the Bengals stuff is still recreation, <laughs> so you still enjoy doing it. <laughs> I, I enjoy both. They're different. I know. I'm just saying, like this is we're on like we're we're cruising into year six. We're right at about year six now because it was uh, spring practice 2016 when I took over for Tim and and Tim stepped away. So we are right at about our six year anniversary here on Bearcat Journal. I think the spring game was the last thing he did, and then rode off into the sunset. So uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a long time. Doesn't feel like six years. But. No, not even close. Uh, spring football today. Outside. Seems it's not like warm. A, you know, interesting decision. I I think they didn't really believe the Cincinnati weather thing, right? Like yesterday was 80 plus degrees. So it can't be that bad. <laughs> Uh, being outside the next day. Sure. It wasn't great. <laughs> it was cold. It was windy. That was the thing. Like the, it was, it was around 50 degrees, which isn't terrible unless there's like pretty steady 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. Right. And then the rain would, would start on and off. It wasn't heavy, but it was enough to be annoying. Uh, I, I tried to give Luke crap for it afterwards and he called me soft. And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely soft. 100% soft. Charmin soft. I'm not a football player. I don't have to be tough. (laughs) Um, But overall, I thought it was a pretty good day of practice. I think the main reason, and this made sense, the main reason they were out there, uh, a lot of uh, red zone stuff today. And those corners of the red zone and the bubble, like, they're almost unusable. Yeah, it's, it's a tough go. So you get out into to Nippert and you go into the, the Bearcat layer section of Nippert, you've got plenty of space uh, all around to operate. I think that was the uh, that was the impetus for being outside, was a lot of red zone today. Um, don't want to give too much away. From the uh, notebook that's up on BearcatJournal.com, you can always get that uh, every day after spring practice and every day after camp. Um, Quarterbacks today, I thought, started slow, both of them. Not that they were bad, just that they were kind of nothing really jumped out. And that's, I want people to understand, that's fairly normal because practice doesn't really, like there's 19 periods of practice. It doesn't really start to heat up typically until like period 10, period 11, when they start getting into, you know, seven on seven and then uh, team stuff that's not like run fit um, where they're actually, you know, running plays. Uh, Second half of practice today, Ben Bryant was really, really good. Really, really good. And he is like, he's just kind of built for red zone, right? Yeah. With his arm, with his ability to fit it in tight spaces like he, that's what he's designed for. Evan needs a little bit more space, a little bit more room to be creative. And I'm sure that could be something that plays into, you know, who's going to end up eventually being 
the starter when they when they travel to Arkansas. But well, uh, I thought I, I thought that too, was really good today. Evan probably benefits more from like a full live as close to a game yeah atmosphere as possible sure because he can move around right you know escape and and he's not down until he's actually down and and stuff like that yeah um but ben with his arm can stand back there and and make from plays i thought um i thought tyler scott was really good today. I thought Trey Tucker was really good today. Those two guys have had good runs this spring, but they haven't really had days where you felt like, I mean, I guess that's the thing with both of those guys is they're very uh, reliable. They're very consistent. Like, you know what you're getting every day from them. Uh, today, I thought they they broke a couple and, and looked really good, especially uh, Tyler Scott coming over the middle. And I, I, I'm excited to see more of this from him going forward. Uh, coming over the middle, intermediate, and then being able to turn it upfield and turn a 12-yard completion into a 30-yard completion. I, I, I thought he had that in him last year, and we didn't see it a lot. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he just more, more run after the catch, I think. We, we had a lot of chunk plays but they were from the wide receivers it was a lot of air yards um or like in the first play of the season just wide open deep ball but not like uh you know like you said a fifth a 10 to 15 yard pattern that turns into like a 30 40 yard game right just with his speed like He's got the speed of a slot guy, even though he's playing field, you know, he's playing outside, but he just has that ability to get it, turn it up and go. And uh, I think that's another thing, like if it is Ben and, and we've seen Evan get better at this too, those intermediate routes over the middle weren't really part of the offense. Not consistently enough, enough at least, I think, uh, over the, with Dez. And maybe that's a Denbrock Gino thing with Gino. Maybe that's something we'll see a little bit more. We've seen it a little bit more in practice over the spring. So um, excited there. Started to uh, to see JQ again sprinkling in with the twos from time to time. He made two nice pass breakups today. One on a back shoulder catch that for a corner. Those are just so hard to like get to the back shoulder. If the ball's thrown right, the ball is thrown pretty good. But when you have that length, that's why you recruit six three corners, right? They got that little extra go-go gadget arm to get yep. in there and knock one away. Um, so I like that, like that from JQ. Uh saw Jamal Williams lining up with the twos a little bit as a, as an edge rusher. He's, I think, the one guy, if you look at that defensive line room that fits those uh measurables that you look for like an outside speed rush edge rusher um so was, I, th- I thought that was good to we've seen him with the threes and he's looked solid i think it's you know interesting now that they were they were getting him a look moving up with the twos there but it makes sense if you know you just have uh 
Jaheim Thomas, and then you don't really have anybody like that. Right. On the roster, you might as well take the other guy you have and see if you can develop him. And then, you know, Mario Eugenio uh, here in a couple months joining the program as well. Can Are we going to call him Mario Eugenio Suarez? No. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do. That's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> I just didn't know. It, it sounds fun. You were there Saturday. Did, was there anything Saturday? We haven't talked about that uh, with you. So was there was there anything Saturday that, that caught your eye? Anything you want to talk about? Oh, let me see what I have in my notes. Um, I just... I thought the... On Saturday, there were... The running backs, I thought, were pretty good across the board. Uh, McClellan had a cutback today that was nasty. It just seems to be like a, a good, and I don't know if I'd call it competition, but like each guy that was getting run had a had a had a moment or two in their, you know, in their time. You know, uh, Ethan Wright had some nice runs. Chuck had a nice run. Miles Montgomery had a nice run, and then a nice catch where where he got absolutely uh, detonated by Demarion Smith. Demarion Smith, if he's coming, look out! Like he's trying like, to hit you. Like yeah, trying to hit you. <laughs> like it was right. It was right by us, and yeah, that was uh, that was a big one. Um, but no, I thought they, I thought, you know, and again, we've talked about it before. The run game is very hard to judge in these situations. Yes. Um, but I just, I like the, you know, I'm not sure there's a Jerome Ford, Jared Dokes guy in the group. But I, but I like the group as a whole. I think a lot of the guys complement each other. Um, it'll be it'll fall practice will be interesting with the running backs. Obviously, Ryan Montgomery has been out for spring practice. I don't. I assume maybe wrongly that that is that we will not see him this spring. Kind of doesn't seem we're halfway through. Kind of doesn't feel like what what's the point. He's he's done a little non-contact. Like, yeah, like I think he was if, Saturday. He was in like full uniform, but he wasn't in for any of even in on you know he's got a red jersey on, but he wasn't even in on any right. of the any of the the stuff the live stuff. So at this point, it's kind of like if you haven't seen him by now, what's you know why bother? Yeah, you're probably not gonna. Um, you know, I I, I for some reason you know I keep going back. To like the South Florida game and the way Ethan Wright ran the ball, I feel like it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Um, but you know Ryan has certainly done a good job when he's been in there. Uh, it'll it'll just be interesting how that how that all goes because like I don't think any of them are really like the twenty to twenty five carry guy, and I don't know if that if this offense is really the 20 to 25 carry guy offense anyway. 
but you know you don't want to spread it too thin. You know, you, running back is a very much a rhythm thing, and you know lines block differently for certain running backs. Not good or bad, but it's just you know you have Mike Warren back there versus having Chuck back there. It's just a different. It's a different tempo. It's a different you know thing. So you don't right. want to switch it up too much because you mess up the rhythm. You you know. But uh, I I like the group as a whole. Oh, I'm trying to think. It's been it's been a minute since Saturday, but um. That's why you take good notes. Yeah, I thought Evan was good Saturday. Yeah, Evan was really good Saturday. Evan was. I thought good he was. Saturday. Oh, I thought Chris he was Scott. Oh. Chris Scott yeah. was was uh, a notable on Saturday. He's. I like him. He's just super physical. He's not going to beat you in any, in any foot races, but it's going to be really hard for dudes to, to redirect him and to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to play him, man, it's going to be hard to like, he's just too physical. He's not going to be jammed. He's not going to be redirected. Um, He had some nice plays across the middle and, and had some of that, run after catch, but you know, he's obviously made his his moments from a blocking standpoint. I, I I don't think that's debatable. He's with Alec Pierce gone, I think he's hands down the best blocking receiver on the team, which is gonna get him Wyatt Fisher's right up. I'd put Wyatt Fisher right up there with him. Right, but uh, like But Wyatt Fisher when he's in, you know he's in to block. Like right. that's <laughs> But I, I'm also like saying of the the scholarship, and, like right yeah. ones and twos types guys. No, why it's kind of like he's been with the one the twos a lot. Yeah, he's, don't, he's not playing don't, over these guys. He has for two years. Okay. They they used him last year in a ton of like blocking situations right. where they knew he was going to need to block. So I think it's fair of me to say of the wide receivers. He should be mentioned when we're talking about the guys that are used okay. to block. That's fine. I think Chris Scott's better. Okay. I, I think Chris Scott definitely gives you more reason to put him on the field because he's more than just a guy that's going to come in and, and block downfield for you. I think he's worked uh, on his – it seems like he's worked on his route running. Yeah. Um, he's got a little – I think he's got a little more – and you know, this happens as you get older and you develop. From a speed standpoint, I'm not sure he – you know, He's not, like I said, but he does have a little bit more suddenness in him. He's, he seemed like he was a little little quicker off the line. He's a he's gotten a lot bigger, too. Yeah. He so. can definitely be um, – oh, man. You know, he kind of reminds me of his Alex Chisholm. Yeah, I can see a little bit of that. I think, he might, like- be, I think he might be bigger than Chisholm. He might be. I, I just mean in like style of play. Yeah, he's definitely like, going to be a, a more of a possession type guy. You're not going to, you're you're not, there's certain routes you're going to run with him. Um, I think it'd be a really good, like in, like Chiz was in, with that group, like a really nice compliment and can take advantage of, of his matchups. Like I'm not sure he's ever going to be the focal point of the, of the wide receiver room, but like, He's he's a guy that I think they can depend on going forward, which is important when you 
you have a couple guys that you really like, but you still need to like still need to see more from you know an expanded role from Jaden Thompson. We're not sure what Nick Mardner is. You know, we have a good idea of what Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker are, but like, who is that? Where are those next group of guys? Like, you know, how many? You're not going through the season with three, four wide receivers. Yeah, but it's also tough. Like, the problem is they got too many to get on the field. Right. Well, it's to say, who can you count on though? Like, somebody has to separate and be be dependable. Like, you like a lot of guys, but who's gonna show that they? can be put on the field in big spots if someone's hurt, you know, someone gets hurt, you know, whatever, later in the season, stuff like that. But I think you might be going back to, I mean, not, not at the upper echelon talent that we saw. What was it? 2015, 2014. Yeah. Like with Chris and Max and yeah. Prism and Shaq. Where there were six of them that were, Mikhail. you know, Mikhail, Johnny Holton. Yeah. Um, you're getting back to like, You've got between Tyler Scott, Jaden Thompson, Trey Tucker, Will Pauling, Chris Scott, Nick Mardner, Drew Donnelly has has been solid this spring now that he's back uh, after an ankle sprain. Blue Smith, say what you will, Blue Smith has had a solid spring. Um, I mean, you're looking six, seven, eight guys that, yeah, I just temper my expectations with receivers until I see them be able to get open in games against, you know, be and be depend, like be dependable, be where they're supposed to be, catch the ball. Like, (laughs) I know it sounds like a very silly thing to say, but very true. (laughs) Yeah. If you can't be where you're supposed to be, it's, it's hard to get. And it's hard to play, make right, the catch, and get open. Like we've, I mean, obviously, anybody that's been around the program for for any extended period of time knows that we've been excited about receivers before, and then we've gone and watched them play, and we're like these dudes can't get open. Right. So we have. I like the room, you know, but there's several guys in the room that that we either don't know about. Because, I mean, we just haven't seen it. Like a Drew Donnelly, like a Will Pauling, um, or haven't been consistent. And so need to take that next step, whether it's like in Blue's case, being available. Right. Um, Being able to get on the field on game day, always important. So, you know, just want to see that room outside of, I would say the the, the three, Jaden, Tyler, Trey, I want to see what the other guys who kind of step, who kind of brings themselves along, and uh, you know talk to talk to Gino at the end of spring, talk to Gino in the fall. Like, who do you trust? Who who do you have confidence in when you have you know new quarterbacks? I think that's the other part too. Like, how much was the receiver group raised because Dez knew them so well, always almost always had them in the right play threw the ball in the right location, like didn't throw the ball to the, to the wrong route. Um, so like you have such, you have, you know, I'm not going to call Ben a new quarterback, but you have quarterbacks that are far less experienced. And right. so, you know, what does that do to the wide receivers? You know, sure. 
And then how many balls go to the tight ends? Because <laughs> you I got would, three would, of them. I would think a lot, regardless of who the quarterback is. You have three of them. Two of them that are, we already know are really good, and another one that that has a chance to be really good, and uh, a fourth one that we'll see. I, he had been out uh, with a hamstring through the first half of spring practice, but Peyton Singletary the past two days has, has also made a couple plays where you're like, oh yeah, kind of. I, I didn't forget about him, but we just he hasn't been out here, so hasn't really been like you know, top of mind. Um, and he's a guy that, that splits out like Wiley and uh, could be used kind of in the slot and as a bigger pass catch, catching option. So uh, you've got a loaded tight end room to, uh, to work with as well. I thought Peyton showed some, some nice athletic ability. And uh, yeah, few of the chances that he got last year. I'm, I think he's, I think he's definitely more of your, uh, detached, I guess. I don't know if I'd go as far to say the K for the way they use it, but more of like an F move tight end. Yeah. Um, you know, bootlegs, naked with drags across the field, like in space, running away from defenders, uh, stuff like that. I think is where right. he where he could maximize his ability. Yeah. Um, offensive line's been pretty solid. Um, did you notice any, any offensive line, defensive line stuff on Saturday while you were there? That one, like, it's hard like, for you. Cause you're not there a lot. Like that's something you kind of deep dive on. It's not something you just, when you're there once a week, like, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, I'm spending, I'm spending these two hours watching, watching the big, well, it's ugly. tough. Cause you have like, no, you have no, um, like no barometer. What am I measuring it against? Right. Um, and it's tough because, you know, certain situations make it tough to judge. Was that a sack? Was that, you know, what exactly happened? Um, they're big. They are big. <laughs> uh, I did notice Jamal Williams a little bit on Saturday. Um, He's got some some twitch to him. He's got yeah, twitchy I mean, as they would say. He's got the length. He's got. I think he's got the the get off. Uh, it's just a experience thing. It's a. It's a, maybe he doesn't even know what he doesn't know because like what are his, what are his moves? He's not going to have counter moves at this point. Is he just trying to, beat you with pure speed around the edge? Um, you know, Majay used a lot of speed around the edge, but then I, I would call his other kind of like he, he did translate speed to power well, even at his weight. Um, a lot of like two hands right to the chest. Yeah. To kind of knock knock alignment off balance and then and then go one way or the other. Um but Jake, like JQ too, and Isaiah Cox jump out from a from a size standpoint. Like I'd seen JQ a couple times, but it's still like I tried to take a picture before the play started and wasn't able to because I was like right on the line of scrimmage, and they were playing press, and he was up against you know whatever receiver it was, and he just he just looks huge. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, 
And it's it's just hilarious. The dude's an early enrollee, and he's like 6'3". He's like Sauce's size, 6'3", 190. Yeah, Sauce's size now. Right. It's like 6'3", 193 is, I think, where he's at specifically. Here, I've got my... Uh, we'll see what they... They list him at 6'3", 198. He's up above 190. I mean, I have my I have my little uh, roster here, but yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. That What's was, up, Michael? Just, How you doing, buddy? It's just like, damn. Dude is, dude is big. He is well put together. Let's just say that. For somebody that should still be going to prom <laughs> should still be going to prom i thought i thought uh, um talking offensive line like i feel like um james tunstall has had a good i can just tell he's had a good off season with brady like he just he looks his body composition is different he's gained weight but it he just looks much better Um, how's Kelly doing? Okay. She started her new treatment today. Uh, bit of a rough day. She was, she was there for, I think, seven hours. And then she went out to start the car and the car wouldn't start, Dave. Oh. And then, so my dad went up there because my dad lives not close, but he lives in Covington. So he can get Christ a lot quicker than me where she was. And then the car started when my dad (laughs) So. I, hey, at least it started. I bought my dad and stepmom dinner for, you know, helping out. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know, you guys. We've only got seventeen numbers. Are a little low today. I'm I'm disappointed in you guys. Where's everybody? Everybody, everybody's tired like me. I'm with you. I'm. I'm not exactly. Uh, Full of energy tonight. I was up. Um, I was up a lot last night with the uh, windstorm. Mm-hmm. Was out uh, one o'clock in the morning. Garbage can blew over. Our power went out at twelve forty-five. Was out. Was outside. Luckily, I only had to wrangle up one garbage bag and no actual garbage. That's good. And it wasn't raining yet. So I, I definitely lucked out. But yeah, you know, you have to run out there i'm a light sleeper anyway so i hear the wind in the house and and uh then rachel's like she wakes up for something she's like i just heard the garbage knock over so i'm out there at one and then you know it's it's not like you just wake up go to the bathroom go back to bed like you right you just woke up put clothes on ran outside did all that so it's not like you fall right back asleep well in our 70 pound lab boxer mix is the biggest like scaredy cat on the planet so the wind had him like at the door whining and crying and uh wanting wanting into the bedroom with us yeah. and then uh when he sleeps he has to sleep connected to both of us so he I'm lays sure across i'm sure that's not warm the middle of the well no it's not that it's not warm it's just uncomfortable because you like well yeah it's probably a hot box too yeah, it's not great. So yeah, I slept like crap last night. 
and then got up and got ready to go and uh next thing you know they tell me it's at nippert so i had to, <laughs> to be outside for three hours it was awesome loved it not complaining i did it for you guys committed to the job man i did it for you guys because if it wasn't for you guys i would have just texted back no no yeah i wouldn't have blamed Nip you nippert today nah fam like that's on that's on that's on y'all i'm i'm all set and then and then Justin, what a lame excuse he had for today. Wait, Justin wasn't there? I guess his wife went into labor or something. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, like, if one of the coaches can be there at practice when his wife goes into labor. I know, why right? Can't, why can't Justin? Hitch, Hitch was there in the morning, went over. Saw the baby pop out and then came back. That's what doctors are for. Right. She's going to be he, okay. It's, not, it's his third one, too. It's not like he had anything to do over there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was uh, it was a day. I don't, I don't have a ton else on football. No, we're kind of in that, like. We've talked about it over and over. Middle and part over. of spring practice where nothing, we're like. There's not a, a ton of new like we've we've talked about the new guys. We've talked about oh the, oh oh the position outside, changes outside cold day. Carry combs, sweatpants, and a, a long sleeve shirt. That that is the ups, upset of the of the day. I mean, I I asked him. I said, Carrie, were, were your shorts in the in the laundry?" Or he said, uh, "I went to the NFL and it made me soft." I mean, like. He has a reputation to uphold. I know. Vic was out there in shorts. Hitchler was out there in shorts. Unbelievable. It's the, the wrestling Unbelievable. guys. I know. Sweatpants and a long sleeve like like crew neck. Golly. I, you're That's... disappointed. Can you even can you even continue? It is it is hard to take. I was I... surprised myself. But we will persevere and push on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about all I got. Uh, Mick will have all your recruiting information continuing throughout the week. So keep an eye on that as he catches up with kids that visit. Uh, Rohan Davey committing Sunday at noon. I would keep an eye on that one. I think the Bearcats are in a good place there. So... I would keep an eye on that one. Um, trying to think if there's anything other football stuff. I don't have anything else in my notes that I wanted to get to. There was there was an article on the Athletic today talking about the Big Twelve expansion. Do tell. I did not get uh, to, to see that. It appear there's a meeting, um, another meeting with all the ads, the beginning of May. Where okay. I where I think more discussion on the league divisions and things of and scheduling will take place. Sounds it sounds like from I believe Mex Olson did the reporting that uh, they're not necessarily super close on divisions. Like they may come to some agreement at this meeting, but still. 
you know, still maybe not quite there yet. Uh, some sources are still kind of in that, like, we still don't believe that Texas and Oklahoma are going to be in this conference in 2023 and 2024. I think there's some, you know, is it a north-south? Is it an east-west? Is it a just, you know, let's just try to make it make sense? Like, you know, you know Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State in the same division, uh, not putting West Virginia and BYU in the same division, making sure everybody gets a trip to Florida and Texas. Because um, if that's the case, you kind of have to – trying to just think of this off the top of my head, like, you kind of have to split those teams to make sure that everybody's getting road games in both locations. Um, so, but it, it, then it does sound like uh, not official, but it, it seems like the consensus is leaning towards a nine game conference schedule. Yeah, I mean that they're already doing it. Like I, I, I would right. have a hard time seeing them go back from that. Yeah, I think there is conversation of no divisions, but I think that is definitely, uh, which is what I would want personally. Same, I would prefer no divisions. But I think that is uh, of a distant third behind a some sort of east-west, north-south format how do you how do you what do you do with texas and oklahoma type type thing um but yes i'm a no divisions person you know but whatever i just don't know i don't know i i just i prefer no divisions I, we've seen the divisions thing it just keeps you away from too many teams for too long i think like i just well my, my thing is that element of it, like as a Tennessee fan, now that you have a bloated SEC, like Tennessee goes to Texas A&M once every eight years. Right. But like they're big, not even they're not even really in your conference. No, at that point in time. No, it's very. Like hard you are to in say. a different conference than Texas A&M. Yeah. Um. We don't know yet, Michael. Like that's what we're talking about. We're the the, the twenty three or twenty four. We're, we're not sure. I'm gonna just stay with that. This is gonna get worked out in twenty. It's gonna be twenty twenty. Yeah, but we don't know that. Like, right. I'm, I'm assuming until I'm told that it's not. Right. Um, so, which would, you know, it's funny we talk about. It. I mean, tomorrow is April first. This needs to be like needs to come to fruition in the next three months, really. Right. Um, so we're not too far away from from probably knowing. Uh, but for for me, in in the way that the Big Twelve is, in that you know we're all very excited. Our our you know UC's stepping up in class, but it's still you know it's there's there's going to be a wide gap between the SEC and the Big Ten from a dollar standpoint. And then the other three conferences. I like the no divisions because I want to ensure that the two best teams are playing in the conference championship. And that we right. are putting a team in the running, 
Now, granted, if the playoff expands to 12, that changes everything. But we might be in this conference before the playoff expands. If they can't get this figured out and the thing expires in, in 2026, like, it's not a, like, it expires and we just keep doing what we're doing. Like, there's no plan after 2025. They have to come up with something, whether they decide to keep it at four or expand. Like, it's not just like a lease that you, you know, pick up. Right. So, if we're going to be in this conference under a four-team playoff, the conference needs to make sure that they're putting, in my opinion, putting the two best teams against each other in the conference championship. And you don't have some two-loss team in the East playing another two-loss team in the West that neither of them have a shot to get in, or you have an undefeated team playing a three loss team that get, like you want your, you need to have your two best teams so that you can hopefully say like our conference championship champion is deserving of being in the playoff. Right. Um, anything else interesting that was in that? I don't think so. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a good read. They did a, a fan serve. A lot of it was based off of a, a kind of a fan survey as well that the athletic, I think a lot of the conference writers in the athletic have kind of done these fan surveys where they, yeah. Know, who are you most excited to play? And, you know, do you want, you know, do you want divisions and, and things of that nature? Um, I'm just like, just speaking. Um, I'm just excited about, it's just such a good, it's, it's not going to be. It's not going to be great, but like, there's going to be years where I think you could have seven, eight, nine teams say like, we legitimately have a shot to win the conference this year. Right now, I mean that that's that's fair, more than fair, because I think everybody's on a pretty even playing field. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think. I think we'll see what happens with TCU and Sonny. Um, they're gonna—he's gonna recruit Dallas. Like he's, for, yeah, but they're gonna want. be soft, Dave. Well, I'm saying like, I'm not talking about the games. Like he's gonna get right. the dudes, right? But like, I think Baylor and Oklahoma State are kind of like upper crust right now, and they'll be—they'll be the targets. But like, I mean, what does Houston become? What is, you know? What does UCF become? How does this affect UC? UC is already recruiting at a high level. Right. So, like, there's other schools, the UCF and the Houston, that I think it almost means more for them from a recruiting standpoint because, like, UC is already recruiting at this at this level. Like, will they get a little bit better? Sure. Yeah. But, like, there's not that space for them to take as big of a leap as there is for BYU, Houston, and UCF, in my opinion. So, like, right. you get in there, and you have the portal, and you have, I don't know how much longer these COVID years are going to go, but, like, you're going to build some rosters that are going to be pretty damn good, and you're going to have a year where Tech, or Baylor, Oklahoma State, UC, UCF, Houston, TCU, like, there's going to be a lot of times where I think we all feel like, yeah, could this team win? Sure. And then I could I could see this team having a really good year. And depending on 
depending on the divisions and depending on who the who the crossover games are and how that works. Um, like, do you build in natural rivalries? Um, obviously, like a UC West Virginia thing, a UC UCF, but like, do you do it? I mean, with 12, it's a little bit different. Like, the SEC has those two games that you always play from the other division. Like, how does that work? Like, who are you paired up with? And how does that affect your likelihood of winning the conference? Like, it's just nice to be in like a, and you know, people can say what they want about, well, it's not the same because Texas, I don't care. Like, it's just nice to be in like a, a damn football league where even at Kansas, that they're not that good. Like everybody gives a shit. And, and that's, I think we've talked about that before. That to me is what makes these conferences and makes these games exciting and why people love college football is, yes, you might be having a down year and your stadium might not be sold out, but it's not like going to Tulane or SMU when they're even having a good year and there's nobody there. Right. There's 14,000 people Playing in an NFL stadium in Tampa where nobody gives a rip. And then you turn around, you go to Tulsa, you know, on a Friday night in November when there's 542 people there. Like, it's just, it's a totally different, different atmosphere, different experience. And I think that's the part that people uh, will probably be the most excited about, you know, outside of, you know, we want to win, but like, you want to see these teams come to your city. You want to travel to these to these college towns that care about football, like even in, like in a rebuilding year, say we say UC has a, a rebuilding year in a couple of years, you're still going to be excited when UCF or Houston or Baylor or, you know, whoever comes to Nipper, because it's still going to be a whole lot better than a rebuilding year with Navy and, <laughs> right. you know, Temple and, and stuff like that. Um, all right, let's timestamp that as uh, football talk. I, I don't want to get fully away from football yet because I, I want to I want to get to Dave's specialty here, which is a little draft conversation. Uh, but that is the timestamp brought to you by our good friends at Urban Artifact. Aaron, what do you got tonight? I have the cranberry grape fruit tart seltzer by Urban Artifact. And you don't like cranberry or grape? I don't. It's growing on me. So it's it's like normally you the get first sip. The first sip, I said thumbs down. I'm on the third. I'm, I mean, I've had I don't know. I guess three drinks of it now, and it's not so bad. See, I don't know that I'd go back and buy this one in particular, but that's not a knock on Urban Artifact. I don't like cranberry or grape, but. What you had Tuesday night or Monday night? You loved uh, the yeah the lemon lime tart. Still have the empty right here. Are you are you saving it? No, <laughs> I just hadn't opened the garbage can. It's also right within arm's length. It's just <laughs> one where I have to reach over and put my foot out to actually. Do you put them all up on a shelf like you're no, in college? No, no, you're in your dorm room. Well, I mean, I have. A are locker you building room. a pyramid? I have a locker room back here, so it's it's fine. Are you building an urban? You got what thirty two? I had 32 of them. So so you're building an urban artifact pyramid. Until I can talk them into sending me some more. We'll see. 
And Dave, we gotta we get we gotta go meet up with Scotty because he. Yeah, he let me let me know when uh, when this tour is. Maybe we'll try to set up Saturday after practice. We'll... Mm, I'm I'm out this week. I thought you were in for practice this week. I might be in for practice. I'm not in for after practice. Bye, Aaron. Okay, well that's you got to you got to get the the thing up, Aaron. Yeah, where's the logo? There we go. Up oh, now it's gone. And now it's gone. Urban Artifact, proud sponsor of the timestamps. Aaron, see if they want anything in City Beat. I didn't. I didn't see the city. I didn't. I don't know if they were nominated for anything or not. Uh, no more home slates like 2022. Wolf. Yeah. Not great. Uh, Indiana. Was, yeah, but he means in comp. We were talking oh, about yeah. conference. Yeah. Uh, and then far better than the AAC, where it's how many teams suck. Also, typically true. And maybe my favorite comment of the day, Dave. I like your guys' knowledge. Best content ever. Well, at least at least someone thinks that. Thank you. Aaron has a voice that's always two beers away from drunk voice guy. H- have you ever been around when he's reached? Drunk voice guy? <laughs> he did, that was an accident one night. He, he wasn't planning on the nightcap. Uh, <laughs> we, we've since adjusted and now we do the nightcap before he records ptp because that's his uh that's his night to have fun yeah and and have some drinks and podcasts and uh doing a show after that wasn't wasn't good for aaron doing a show yeah, after going we had a to, lot. Uh, i don't know i don't know if it's normally like this but it, it felt like we had a lot of uh a lot of commenters tuesday night no, the, the comment sections have been getting pretty solid, like on all three shows. Um, the, the 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 fan interaction is growing, David. Love People it. Are... Love it. Uh, so I want to get to uh, the draft here for a little bit, Dave. Oh, we are always, always down. We are starting to see a trend. I, I think I've seen it from enough guys right now, Dave, that I, I feel comfortable calling it a trend. Okay, what is this trend? Des Ritter, QB1. Um, Austin Gale did it. Uh, Anthony Thresh or whatever. Thresh did it. Uh, Michael Lombardi did it. There's a lot of people starting to like wake up to Des. And and maybe they don't even have him as QB1. They're starting to get a, a little bit more on board instead of thinking of him as like, I, I think we went into this, and a lot of people have thought of Dez as like QB4, QB5, right? I think the consensus – I don't want to say consensus because I think this quarterback group as a whole is all over the board. Sure. Um, no doubt about that. I don't think – you know, if we're just being honest here, I would not draft any of them in the first round. But that's not how it works. Exactly. That is not how it works. So you have the you have two camps here. You have the Malik Willis traits projection camp. Yes. And then you have the Kenny Pickett Des Ritter high floor camp. 
And I think what we're seeing as, as we get closer is that, like you said, I think there are more people outwardly, publicly talking about Dez as QB1. What I'm seeing is, and I can't say consensus because I, you know. Right. There's you hear so that many word draft and you're like, how, do, now, how can right? you say consensus? You're not talking to, to all the teams. You, have, you haven't asked all 32 teams for their boards. Um, right. But what I'm seeing is that he is pretty much always from the people I see in the top three. Whether yeah. it's and it seems to be outside of PFF who really likes Sam Howell, or at least Mike Renner. PFF has started to have their own, but like let their guy each guy kind of do their own thing so it doesn't come off as a PFF thinks this. It's like right. everybody kind of gets their own, you know, board, so to speak. I think he's pretty safely not I don't even know if I want to say that, but it just feels like he's in that top three grouping of quarterbacks. And then there's Matt Corral, Sam Howe, Carson Strong, Bailey Zappi type group. Um, which puts this is him not gonna make this is not gonna make people happy, Dave. I'm told he's meeting with the Steelers next week. Well, that's not surprising. I know. The Steelers are meeting with everybody though. Yeah, but it, I, I get the sense there seems to be a connection between Dez and Tomlin. Or I would put the I would Tomlin put Dez really in the, I would put Dez in the Saints and Dez in the Falcons over Dez and the Steelers. Uh, I also heard the Falcons have basically said we don't even need Dez to like come for a visit. Like we've done all of our work on him. We've met with him. He's answered questions. We know exactly. Like what we he's, feel of that. He's kind of like the Tyler Eifert of this of this draft in the sense of he's incredible an incredibly clean prospect to evaluate. Yes, you you can have differing opinions on his tape and his accuracy and and things like that, but like in all of the stuff that you want to do and learn about someone leading up to the draft process, like I remember the Bengals when they drafted Eifert, it kind of came off the radar because like they didn't meet with him they didn't like use a top visit well, they, did, but they met with him like at the senior bowl they met with right. him at the combine right and he, he was just like incredibly clean there wasn't an injury history at the time there wasn't any thing in his past there wasn't you didn't have to dig on was he a shithead you didn't have to dig on like what kind of teammate is he what you didn't have to find out if we take this guy in the first round, does he love football? Well, he is that too big of a, a moment for him. So, like, I feel like from from that standpoint, Dez is like incredibly clean, and you he's been in the spotlight enough. He was at the Senior Bowl. He was at the Combine. Like, you don't have to bring him in and do this like forty like four hour whiteboard session, like you probably have to do with Malik Willis. Not saying Malik Willis isn't intelligent, but like he ain't running an NFL offense ever. Like you gotta have. Right, that's what him. I wanted. To, that's what I wanted to ask you. you have how to much get an does idea it really help Des? Doing. How much does it help Des that pretty much everything that that Cincinnati runs is NFL concept? Incredibly. Is, 
NFL like it, it helps him greatly because someone might say he we we are confident that he can pick the, what we do up very quickly because he's run a lot of it already. And if he needs to play now, you know, there will be growing pains, but he will understand what we're asking him to do. Right. He's not um, going to take a lot of time in the playbook figuring out what right. is this, what is that. Now, it, it, you know, it goes back to the whole debate of what what do you want like do you want like and you've seen this more you've seen more of the last few years i was listening to a pff podcast actually today that brought this point up about malik willis is like the ascension of guys like a lamar jackson like a josh allen even a patrick even a patrick mahomes have given teams more you know, energy, so to speak, to say, like, let's shoot for the moon, where five years ago, Malik Willis is not getting drafted in the first round. Right. Because they're worried about the the time it's going to take and and all of that, where they were teams were more willing at that point to take the high floor guy who maybe didn't have the potential because he wasn't the athlete or didn't have the, the arm – strength things like that but they were just scared to totally whiff and now teams aren't scared anymore right you know you're 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 hearing discussion that Malik Willis might go number two um so that element of it hurts Des a little bit but you're always going to have teams that that I don't want to say want the safe bet but they, they don't know want what the, they're getting. They don't want the variance, right? They don't want the, yeah, this guy might be, and I actually talked about this um, with someone on text the other day that, you know, covers the league. He's like, Malik Willis could be great, and or Malik Willis could be the same guy in three years. Yeah. And then you're getting fired because, you know, you, you drafted a guy on traits, and potential that didn't meet his potential. Right. And I think Josh Allen helps Malik Willis out because usually previous, it was, you can't really improve accuracy. And, you know, and Josh Allen has proven. Josh Allen might also be a one of one. Right. He could be the outlier. And are you going to draft a guy in the top 10 based on the one guy that was drafted in the top 10 that, considerably improved his accuracy but you know bringing it back to Des, i just think like i'm not saying i would be surprised if he didn't go in round one but there does seem to be like you know atlanta would obviously have to either love him at eight which i just can't see because their roster is just so bad that they need blue chip players not a new quarterback um that doesn't help them get really better now and it doesn't really help them get better in the future because so you draft as an eight and you have Mariota like well, okay so next year you're going to put Des out there with still nobody good no good players around him right so um I think the Saints like him the Steelers like him um and then I think the Falcons like him I think the Colts could could be a place for him you know um you know some you know 
the, the, the jump back up into the first round is always a potential situation. I think, you know, he would benefit from Malik Willis going too, big time. Um, the, the higher Malik Willis and maybe Kenny Pickett go, the better it is for Dez. What if Dez is QB1? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, what I think is going to happen. Okay. I'm just um, saying. I'm just saying, like, if he's not going to – right, if he's not going to be the first quarterback taken, he wants these guys to go early. I know. I'm just messing with you. Um, How about – was it was it Tannenbaum that had sauce at two? Yeah. I don't – Thoughts? I don't – Mike Tannenbaum is a buffoon, <laughs> and I have no idea what he has done in his career to be it, to have this position with ESPN. He was a bad general manager. He has terrible opinions about the sport in general, and I have no clue why he's getting paid to talk about the NFL. <laughs> that said, that would be great. Really that, that said, that would be great if Sauce went two to Detroit. I uh, I think that's a little rich, but I don't I don't think there's obvious you know obviously a lot can happen. If things get kind of chalky, I have a hard time seeing him get past the Giants' second pick at seven. I think they really like him. Um, he's there's no chance in hell. A one percent chance in hell. He gets past the Vikings at 12. Yeah, I think that's probably. I can't, like, if he doesn't go in the top 10, something wild has to happen for the Redskins and then the Vikings to both pass on him. Or trades. I should say commanders. Yeah, or trades. Right, like, that's, that's what I mean. If, if those two teams are picking at 11 and 12 and he's still there, I, I can't imagine that that he's not either one of their picks. Right. But I, I like him with, you know, things have to go right, obviously, but I like him. I like him with the Jets at four, not the Giants at five, but the Giants at seven. Um, I could see him in Seattle at nine, the Jets at 10, Washington 11, Minnesota 12. You don't think two? I don't think two. I think two. They're praying that the Jaguars. It's Detroit. They're praying that the Jaguars do something silly and 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 or not silly, but don't take Aiden Hutchinson. They'll take eight. The Lions will take him in a second. And then I think they're trying to trade down or take another edge guy. It's Detroit. Yeah. From Detroit. Oh, sure. He's he's kind of a legend in Detroit circles already. Oh, it, I mean, I the storylines are, are fantastic. I just I haven't seen like that Mike Tannenbaum saying that he's literally the first person I've seen. I know. I'm just I'm just and you that's, know, piecing and that, it together. And that scares me because I don't think Mike knows anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any other draft stuff you see related that you've picked up on this week? Um, no, I think 
I did see someone did a, a mock where they had the Bengals taking Kobe in the second and Maje in the third. I think that was like a USA Today thing or whatever. I thought that was just kind of like, you know, interesting, funny. Yeah. Um, Considering how how highly they valued UC players in the past. Yeah. <clears throat> That's a pretty worn out trip, though. I know, but they still. Who's the last Bearcat they drafted? Kevin who's, Huber? Who's the last one that they should have drafted? I don't know. There's been, what, probably 15, 20 of them drafted in, in more than that in 10 years. Well, it doesn't mean that they've been in the right spot to take them. <laughs> you would think somewhere along the line they would value one of them. Why? They've drafted as many Ohio State players at, in that time as they have UC. Billy Price is the only player they've drafted in a decade from Ohio State. Billy Price and Michael Jordan. So okay, two. that's two. Yeah, okay. that's double. That's double, Dave. <laughs> Sam Hubbard. Oh. Mm, three triple. But, he, but he's from Cincinnati, so it doesn't count. No, it counts. That's triple, Dave. Triple. triple. Yeah. Well, you, the you go of back and you, 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 you go up in two thousand eight. <laughs> you go back and look at all the drafts and tell me what what UC player should have gone. You know, when, when they pick somebody else and, and we can discuss it. I don't care, so I will not be doing that. <laughs> I don't I don't really either. <laughs> I just like having fun with it. Um all right. That is the NFL draft talk timestamp. Brought to you by our good friends at Urban Artifact. I forgot last time we were we were talking about other stuff, and I forgot I've got to read. That I have to do for Urban Artifact Dave. Aaron, did you get like a variety pack? What did, what did they yes. send you? They sent me like seven different flavors. Some were four packs, some were six packs. Some that's what two. we've got. That's what we've got coming our way, Dave. We just are they, have all, to get are they there. all are they all twelve ounces? Are there any tall boys? No, they're all they're all twelve ounces. There's no tall boys. And any uh <laughs> urban artifact ice? No forties. No, no, no. What are you? What are you doing? They're all fruit beers, man. They're all. Every one of them is a fruit beer. They, they can't be ices. No, that's not a thing in the fruit beer community. No. Oh, okay. It, it is a thing in like the Natty Light community. I'm well aware of that. <laughs> I, I've I've spent some time in that community. Oh, we've, we've Aaron all. drinks Natterdays on the regular. Man, they're 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 my jam. Hey, I, I will I will not say anything bad about a Natterday. I I have also. Uh, had quite a few in my day. Uh, to answer your question from earlier, Chad, uh, the third best local tap room, according to the readers of, or at least the people who voted for City Beat Magazine. Let's go! Urban Artifact. Who who, who beat them out? Who do, we need to, who do we need to write bad reviews on Yelp about? Mad Tree and Rheingeist. Good luck writing a bad review about either of them. Uh, I could write a... One, I won't, I won't throw stones. One of those, not a fan of. The other one, big fan of. Okay. So we've got a number one. We've got number one bar in the city, Holy Grail. We've got number two chicken, number two chicken sandwich, galactic fried chicken. Number three tap room, urban artifact. Who, who beat out galactic? Eagle. Uh, the eagle. Oh. 
coming for that ass, Eagle. <laughs> Watch your back. Coming for you. But we only deal with greatness here at Bearcat as, Journal. As a, as, a, as a short, chubby man, can I, can I say that I would rather have a, a tour of galactic fried chicken than urban artifact? <laughs> <laughs> we could do both. Can we do that back to back? We can, yeah, we can do whatever the hell you want. Perfect. Do we go to do we go get chicken first? So we got some uh, food in our belly when we do urban artifact, or do we urban urban artifact first and then go get some food in our belly? Um, I don't know. It's it's that's kind of the. Do you fill up on one and then not be able to drink the other, or do you fill up on the drinks and and you you got no room for the eats? You can drink at Galactic Fried Chicken. Or do you have... We need to get Urban Artifact into Galactic Fried Chicken. That's right. There you go. That's what maybe, we need Maybe Shane should go with you for the uh, the tour. <laughs> maybe. We need to get some Urban Artifact in Galactic Fried Chicken. Anyway. I'm a fried chicken junkie. Well, how have you not been to Galactic if you're a fried chicken junkie? Because it's not close to where I live. It's not that far. It's downtown. Don't you work down that way? No, I work in my kitchen. Oh. <laughs> Anyhow, this timestamp is brought to you by Urban Artifact, Cincinnati's home for tart beer and seltzer, made exclusively with real fruit. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters. I have been there though. We we did a couple pre-COVID. We did like a, one of those beer bus tours, and one of the stops was Urban Artifact, and it is a very cool, very awesome location that everyone should go check out. Number three tap room in the city, and there's a lot of tap rooms in this city. <laughs> there is. <laughs> uh, we're, the the chicken parm is still in development. I've been stupid busy with everything here lately, so we we haven't really had time to to develop the chicken parm we got we got a one point game dave a minute left in the nit so oh, excited man the, the excitement is palatable <laughs> palpable palatable whatever who gives, who gives a rip <laughs> uh basketball transfer portal we're getting there i think things are being narrowed down some and then you know we'll hopefully get to to maybe some visits and get to uh, some decisions uh, in the transfer portal. Um, just not there yet. It's a it's a it's a long process being scrunched into a very short time period. So you have to let things play out, right? If you want things to happen quick, it, it, I'll just I'll say this: if you want things to happen quick, the only way things happen quick is if you're recruiting guys that you know, guys that played for you at your previous stop, or guys that were very likely going to play for you at your previous stop. That's how you that's how you attack the transfer portal and get things done in a week or two. If you want an actual like recruitment, that takes a little bit more than like 4 or 5 days. Even if as I've said, a lot of the stuff that happens in the transfer portal is already, you know, pretty far down the runway uh, by the time a kid gets into the transfer portal. That's not always the case. 
Right. But on the on the kids that that are worth a shit, right? Like the kids that get tossed into the transfer portal, they weren't thinking they were going into the transfer portal. They're not 70% of, of the way down the runway because they weren't expecting to be taking a flight. <laughs> no, they they don't have they don't have uh, a list of schools on the ready because they weren't planning on having to have one. They were planning on being in their living room, not on a plane. So every situation is different. But of the guys that are going to be desirable, or at least most desirable, they have a lot of the 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 foundation work done before they are in the portal. Uh, I, and I know people get mad at me for saying this. Patience. Well, it, I guess it, it's being worked on. And I'm, you know, you and I, we, you know, when we're in the situations that we're in, we obviously know things that we can't say. Um, for for various reasons, um, right? It's not always to because we just have been told not to say it. Like, you know, you don't want to do things to the coaching staff, but you also don't want to necessarily put things out there that that harm the kid. Um, but like, and you know, I could be on, you know, and so my opinion is is probably a little. I don't want to. I'm not sure if I'll say jaded, but it's just it's from a different perspective. In that, like, could we just put out a bunch of names? I mean, maybe. That sure, I be, could put out every that would, name. That would have that to be okay. With, but that would also have to be okay with Wes. Yeah, but I mean, I could just regurgitate on the front page. Right. Here's the tweet from such and such that said Cincinnati's been in contact with this. But kid. no, go going even deeper than that. Not even just like taking what someone else has said. Like you could say, like, yeah, I can verify that. Like they're they've had a conversation with this person. But like, I guess to me, like. Do we want info for just the sake of info or do we want info that that we feel good about you know being more than just a cursory conversation like right. do, you, do you just want names because you just want names and you want to go look at highlights and you want to see how they rank on some metrics website or do you want names that like yeah, this dude is like legit. Like they are battling a couple other schools, like battling. Or do you, you know, so I guess that's the type of stuff that for me, I've never understood why, why we get, you know, not attacked, but like why we get criticized almost for like not supplying just random names. Like it's kind of the, the comment that I have always talked about with football recruiting, because I'm definitely more into that side of things than the basketball. It's like, tell me who signs and I'll tell you if the recruiting class is good. Like you get excited when a kid commits. Sure. But you know, we all know how that goes and how time goes and how, you know, if a kid commits next week, we still understand that there is a whole senior season and a whole lot that can happen. We can be excited right. in the moment. But, like, does it really mean anything? So it's like if we give you some names, like, you can be excited in the moment. But, like, if that kid doesn't end up picking UC, then what I kind of look at it as, like, what's the point? Like, I would rather have, personally, I would rather have, like, really, really good info and 
and and know that like okay this dude Wes legitimately wants like he's gonna go visit him he's gonna talk to his parents he's gonna do everything he can to add him not just oh Wes called this guy because he had a relationship in the past and then they talked and it's not gonna work out for whatever reason like that information doesn't really you know doesn't really do anything for me right and it might do something for others they just want to know everything they want to know Everybody they're talking to, regardless of it's, you know, a, a text message or it's a six-hour meeting with the kid and his parents. And I get that. And we're a fan site, and that's what fans fans want information. They pay to be a member. They want information. But, I mean, we've kind of always done it this way, and we've just kind of started to see this, like, to me at least, this, like, polar opposite in how the football and the basketball thing works. And I don't know if that's – how the amount of trust that Luke has built up from winning and recruiting. And and we kind of just say like, trust the process. If they like a kid that doesn't have a bunch of offers, that doesn't mean that they're right and the other teams are wrong, but they've built up that equity with the fan base to where they think like, you know, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. We, we think that this kid is good. Even if the kid you see is the biggest offer he has, whereas the basketball side, not saying like Wes is still having to prove himself, but there just seems to be this like thirst to know every single detail, even if that detail tomorrow you turn around and say, yep, yeah, that one's done. You have a, you have a whole big thread on one kid. And then tomorrow you could say, yep, yeah, that, that one's not going to work out for whatever reason. Right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I could be, like I said, on an Island looking at this in a totally different way than the majority of people. But, you know, I, I don't, I just, you know, that's just kind of the way that I look at it. And it... yeah, I mean, I think the one thing we've always done is we've always been pretty certain about info when we, when we pass it along in the, in, in the recruiting and anything really. Like if you go back and check our history of reporting, there's not a lot we, we end up getting wrong. Like it, because we make sure, like we double check, we vet, we verify. And that is a lot of the same way that we also do recruiting. You got to be kidding me. Wow. What a prayer. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, well, they can hang that banner. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it, it, it's it's strategic by us because that's like we don't want to spend a lot of time chasing ghosts, right? And when you spend a lot of time chasing ghosts, you end up posting a lot of stuff that's not real. And when you have the relationships we have, you stand a very good chance of burning those relationships by posting stuff that's not real. We like to instead rely on those relationships and post stuff that is real. And right now, I don't think I don't think the guy running the show wants a whole lot out there. I think they won't that, work. That's the other thing is like yes, we we have a membership, but like the info has to come from somewhere. And if the people that supply the info 
don't want it public until a certain time, you kind of have to go off of what they're saying because they're the we wouldn't have a site if we weren't getting the info from somebody. Right. So although the members want the info, you know, we can't just be like throwing anything out there because then the info is going to dry up. Yep. And there's a lot of sites out there that do things the way that they do things. And then the fans are going to go, where's the info? And you're going to, we're going to say, well, you guys asked for it and we gave it to you. And then the, the sources don't want to give it to us anymore. Cause it maybe burns them on a kid or something happened. You know, you right. never know. Correct. Yeah. You know, I would just say like two, you know, I, you, if things are still like not, and I'm not saying every position is full and we have a f- total understanding of like the roster composition and everything, but like, if we're a month from now and this is still going on, I think it's more than fair to have questions about like, were we targeting the right players? And if we weren't targeting the right, if we were targeting the right players, like what happened, uh, you know, things like that. But like right now, I feel like it's kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of consternation for no reason. Yeah. Other than, I want info and I want it now. Uh, T Win. Hi, T Win. Boomer says, uh, We have crazy fans who keep on pestering for information like crack addicts. <laughs> they need their crack. Answer Rick James. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> I get it. Like, I, I do get it. I understand. Oh, for sure. Like, we haven't been able to, for the most part, really put anything out there. Right. And and as soon as we can, inactivity we will. I just don't, you know, I hope that inactivity on our part is not construed as inactivity on their part. Right. Cuz that's certainly not the case. But like we right. said, like we said earlier, like you know, putting the most putting a lot of info that ends up not actually happening doesn't I don't know. To me, it just doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah. It's just saying something to say something. And you know, it kind sh- of I know like, this is shocking. I know, you know this is shocking. It, it I, basically, I, don't like to, I don't like to say stuff just to say stuff. It basically reminds me of like when coaching searches are going on and you see these sites have like an update every day and the update isn't actually an update. It doesn't say anything. But they feel like they they're getting badgered so much on their website right. they have to say something to get people off their back, even though coach coach hotboard four point nine isn't any different than you know or you know scoop six point seven is the same as it was three days ago. But I have right. to say something because if I don't say something, then everyone's going to think that nothing's actually happening. Where it's like things are happening, but there's nothing concrete enough to to talk let me, about. Let me give a perfect example of this. Exactly what we're talking about right now. Let's go back to the West Miller coaching search, right? And I'm hearing from UC sources and from a couple national people that West Miller's a name to keep an eye on. Okay. 
and, and like a name, not even a name to keep an eye on, but a name that's like heating up, right? So I contact a friend in the coaching community that knows his staff. And they get back to me and they say, look, Wes has been like incredibly open and honest with his staff anytime he's been involved in something. Meaning, sits down, talks to them, tells them what's going on, keeps them updated on exactly where everything's at. And Wes has not done that with Cincinnati. So what if you're if you're in my position, what's that tell you? Pump the brakes on the Wes Miller, like moving him up the board, like specifically going in and directly, like, you know, Wes Miller from these, like I, I've got three sources that are telling me Wes Miller's a name that's heating up. And then I've got someone close to the situation on the other side, like on the actual side of Wes Miller saying, this is his process, and he hasn't followed through with this process that would give you pause right for sure I mean, it's a it's a source that's giving you information that is contradictory to what what you're hearing so it turns out after the fact i ask Wes. i say i had somebody tell me the reason i didn't like instantly have you at the top of the hot board like 48 hours earlier was because of this information I got. And I told him the information I got. And he said, that's crazy because like, you're right. But I thought I had put my staff through so much with the North Carolina thing that I wasn't going to stress them until I kind of knew I was getting this job. Like I wanted this job. I came to Cincinnati and interviewed for this job but I didn't go through my normal process with my staff because I didn't want to put them through that again, like a week after they had just been through it with all the rumors and everything that was going on with North Carolina prior to North Carolina hiring Hubert Davis. So it cost me, right? Like my process cost me because for like 30, at least 36 hours earlier than I did, I wanted to move Wes Miller up into the top at least like two or three names on the hot board. Yeah, with with uh, Ryan Peden. Well, Ryan Peden and I thought Eric Martin was still somewhat in play. Yeah. Um, you know, like there was there were secondary names like Ronald Norad, Dennis Gates, you know, Dennis Gates. But I had it for thirty six hours that from from half of my process that that was the name that was getting hot. I just had it from somebody close to that side that said, pump the brakes. He hasn't gone through what he normally goes through when somebody else is called. So like, that's what you're constantly going through trying to balance, like how the information is properly handled. Right. You know, it usually ends up burning is me and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Cause we've always, we've always said that we're not, Concerned all about being first. You'd be right. Like no, no one remembers. In my opinion, no one remembers who was first. They remember when you're wrong. For sure. When you, when you stake, when you 
really stake your claim to something, they remember when you're wrong. They don't remember. No one remembers, you know, who had Luke Fickle turning down whatever school Michigan first. State. They remember uh, the Michigan State people basically saying this is a done deal. Right. And their, I guarantee their fan base remembers whoever was saying that way more than they remember. That I was the one saying, pump the brakes. He is not a done deal to Michigan State. Right. Well, they remember. Nobody remembers that. They remember that, but they remember that way more than they remember whoever was had Mel Tucker to Michigan State first. Right. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, it, it is what it is. Do you think like there'll it, be a, a parade on Fountain Square for Xavier winning the NIT? Victory Parkway. Well, I mean, that's obvious. I mean, it's the name's already there. I mean, it, hey, look, like, look, real talk. Congrats to them because uh, screw that. The end of their, no, they, look, they, the end of their season was an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, great. So you won the you won the runner up tournament when you when you choked hey, your look, dick they, off to go to the NCAA tournament. Awesome. They have to live with that. I don't have to live with that. They have to live with that. Congrats to them for like for pulling themselves up off the mat. Yeah, way to go, way to go. Yeah, way to dust yourself off when you lost ten out of your last twelve or whatever it was. Look, man, they got better hiring Sean Miller, whether we whether we like it or not. Did they get better when Paul Scruggs got hurt? I'm not talking about this nit run. I'm talking about long term when they traded Travis Steele for Sean Miller. <laughs> well, yeah, they got better. That's so, not. I mean, that's not. I don't think anybody's arguing that fact. Okay. I just, you know, I'm not being nice to them by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying. No, they, like, they definitely upgraded. You, you did see Travis Steele's a Red Hawk now, right? Yeah. Good luck. We're kind of, really moving up there. What kind of transactions you can make happen to Oxford? <laughs> so, I don't know. You got anything else, Dave? No. I mean, I think what? You, you mean... We should start to see some movement. I would, I would guess at least on a player or two in the next week or two. I, I would say in the next week or so. I, I think that we're getting to a point. As I put on the board tonight, Wes has been on the road, meeting with players and actively recruiting for the better part of a week and a half to two weeks. So, I just think it's getting to a point where we'll start to see some action. T Win, why why am I putting you on my podcast complaining about my message board? <laughs> why? Why am I doing that? Well, don't. It's a it's a love hate relationship with me and T Win. The BC board is so bad. BCJ board is so bad. The Boomer members are rare. You don't have to talking read about it. absolute rubbish. It's so but, bad that I read posting fights where everyone is mansplaining how they didn't say something. That part is painfully true. <laughs> that part is painfully true. Uh, what is your what is your obsession with calling people boomers as a boomer? You are a fucking boomer, bro. Denial. You're not, you're not even a boomer. You're younger than that. No, he's my age. He's my age. That's not a boomer. <laughs> well, right, but like that's it, 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 <laughs> 
That's my, what young I, people do is they call people my age. My boomers. parents, my parents are boomers. Denial. Right. Denial. More <laughs> than a river in Egypt, bro. I mean, like you're you're the what's what's the what's the term for the group right after right before millennial? Gen X, right? That's that's I guess that's you. I mean, yeah, I'm Gen I'm technically like I'm technically the I'm the, like the 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 oldest millennial. Because it's funny to call yourself something that you are. <laughs> it's oxymoron. To call, yes. to call everybody else something that you are. <laughs> oxymoronic correct but uh but yeah i mean i would think you know main targets have been identified main targets are being heavily recruited we'll just you know you never know i think we're getting to the main target point i think a lot of this was like let's whittle down our options and figure out what main targets look like out of our options well and that's the other thing too is like you might have main targets but is that reciprocated like is the interest you know from both from both sides that that might make you have to reassess you know where you're gonna where you're gonna go with this right we'll get there i promise we'll get there there are spots open i promise they'll be filled i I mean i I don't know you sure i promise dave i promise but what if People on the board don't think they're good enough. Are they going to go root for somebody else? I mean, I hope not. That's always, that's my funny. That's the one I laugh at is like, this guy's not good enough. Okay. Well, what if Wes thinks he is? Are you going to just go root for another team? (laughs) Like, what is, what what is your recourse? (laughs) Maybe they will. Yeah, Maybe maybe. Maybe, maybe another team is in their future. Team across town is going to hoist a banner. Maybe go root for them. That's going to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm on radio tomorrow. At least someone in this town can win a title. I know, right? Isn't that the most, like, almost the most, like, they they won, they, they won 69th? Like, I'm not going to get into it. It's going to get me in trouble. The final Urban Artifact timestamp of the night. Here's an alley-oop, Dave. Urban Artifacts Fruit Tarts score more than the rest. Swing by their Northside Tap Room and mention Bearcat Journal to get $2 off a flight of four tasters. I, I want to know what T. Wynn thinks about the fact number the, the, the sponsors of this podcast and this podcast network, number one bar in the city, number two chicken in the city, number two chicken sandwich in the city, number three tap room in the city. Winners, T. Wynn. Winners! Associate with BearcatJournal.com. Does the banner say best team that blew a chance at making the tourney? Ooh. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for this week. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks to a producer extraordinaire, Aaron Smith. And as always, our outstanding sponsors from the Holy Grail, and Urban Artifact. We will see you next time. This is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.